Hello, everyone, and welcome to the All Things Credit podcast. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about what is underwriting. Uh, but before we get started, I'm trying something different with my mic setup, so hopefully this sounds a little bit better and there's less popping and clicking whenever I pronounce words with the letter P's or B's. Uh, so hopefully this will come across uh, in terms of higher quality uh, audio. So without further ado, let's get started into what exactly is underwriting. Underwriting. It's actually a process, and when you think about it, there there's steps that an application process has to go when we're talking about credit so mortgages auto loans credit cards whatever there's a process it starts off with someone that either is like a sales rep or the car salesman or the banker or teller at the branch that's you know signing up for a credit card they're the person that's taking your information and also reading all the disclosures and everything else in between and also asking consent to pull your credit if applicable that's the first step then once we get all the information gathered and whatever documents are required, then it goes to the underwriter. And the underwriter is a person that's making the decision of either approving or declining. And in most cases, most people either don't get to meet the underwriter or you know, you're know you not talking with them at face value, which I think is actually a big misstep in the banking industry, but that's neither here nor there. But they're the ones that's making the decision or will provide a counter offer which is essentially, hey, you know, we can't approve you for the for the requested amount that you want. However, we can do X, Y, Z. So that's what a counter offer is. And then if the loan is approved or you accept the counter offer, then the loan goes into closing where you sign all the you know legal documents, all the paperwork, and then you get your money, your credit card, auto loan, or mortgage. That's essentially the process, right? So with, you know, all that that goes into underwriting there's the application then there's verifying your personal information so verifying you know who you are who you say you are and then that's going over the credit report and there can be a lot of different things that underwriters look for depending on the type of loan that you're looking for but they're all pretty much the same general principles so with going over the report you know some factors include looking at the age of your credit report the average age of your accounts or credit cards or trade lines, your highest credit card limits, and this is very, very true in the world of credit card underwriting where I'm at, we always look at how high your credit limits are compared to what you're requesting. The auto loan amounts and monthly payments, so whether if you're refinancing or looking to get into a different auto loan or if you're trying to get another car, are you able to afford it? Then there's also mortgages. We see okay do you currently have a mortgage rent doesn't show up obviously on your report unless if you're delinquent or you had an eviction um but other than that mortgages in terms of housing only show up there are self-reported ways that you can self-report your rent but that doesn't have much effect on increasing your score or showing responsibility on your credit report and of course we look at collections liens judgments um, and also the age so let's say if you had a bankruptcy, how long ago was it? Was it five years ago or was it two years ago? And then we also look at what you're applying for and the amount. And the main question is, is the amount reasonable that you're applying for? Or are you applying for something that's too high? So if you were someone that makes $50,000, are you trying to apply for an $80,000 car loan? Or if you've only had credit for two years, the highest credit card that you have is $5,000 
and now all of a sudden you want a $50,000 business credit card. Does it make sense? Is it too high or is it reasonable? Those are just some of the things that we look at that's only focusing specifically on your credit report. Then the next portion is verifying income. How much money do you make? How often do you get paid? Do you have bonuses? Do you get overtime? Is it unemployment? Can we verify your income? Is it regularly deposited into your account? We look at those. Then this is where things take a turn either for the positive or for the worse for most people. But we also look at your debt to income ratios. So regardless of your credit score, regardless of how much money you make, are, we're looking at how much debt do you have and can you pay that back without being overextended. Then we look at things such as your revolving debt to income. So let's say you don't have a lot of installment debt, but your credit card debt is close to or almost equal to your income. And yes, that's actually possible. You can have high credit card debt as much as you make. Then we also take a look at your years of employment or year in business. So whether if you are changing industries too often, do not get that confused with changing jobs. As long as a job is in the same industry, so let's say if you work in banking or finance, you were a teller at Wells Fargo, then you were an operations, you know, financial, I, I want to say branch, but let's say you were in an operations and branch for Bank of America, then you went into mortgage sales for PNC. It's fine if you switch jobs as long as they're in the same industry. But let's say you were a plumber, I'm just using this as an example, but let's say that you were a plumber and then you went into car sales and then you went into home goods and then you went into fashion retail, it's going to look very sketchy. It seems as if you can't keep a job. That's another factor that us as underwriters look into. And the same applies for your business. Are you in a risky industry or in a stable business? So, and again, underwriters are the ones decisioning the application. So approve, decline, or counter offer. So this is the person that we're really trying to impress. They also may be the ones, depending on the type of loan, they also may be the ones that's going to communicate the decision and loan terms if applicable. Now, if you have a mortgage, your loan officer is probably gonna do that. Um, or if you're buying a car, the, you know, the salesman or the finance manager is gonna do that, but they didn't underwrite the loan to get you approved, the bank did. And this is where loan decisions vary and where your credit score plays about a third of the application. You can have a 750 plus credit score and still get declined. It could be your credit history isn't long enough or you have limited credit. And in my previous episodes, we discussed about the credit basics and how you can have a high credit score, um, even if your credit score is limited or short. Or another reason that you're declined if you have a high credit score is that the car or house that you're applying for may not be as valuable as a price you're willing to pay for. So this is where LTV comes in, which is loan to value ratios. Is the car's worth equal to the loan amount the bank is willing to lend? That's very, very important. Same thing with houses. Is it, was a house or that you're looking to buy, is it overpriced versus what it's actually worth? Now, if we go to the flip side, the same also goes for those with 560 plus credit score um, persons. What's the main reason your score is being low? Is it medical debt? But we're able to see that you make good income and you've been with the bank or credit union for so many years, hence an established relationship, that those negative attributes on your credit report don't really weigh as much as the positives. And I've actually run into this fairly recently. I had a client, they were around 500, they were, I think they're around 530. And they had nothing but medical debt and a bankruptcy. 
Well, when I called to develop to see what was going on, they filed for bankruptcy because of the medical debt. But everything else, their credit report was paid on time. They still had a mortgage that was paid on time. They had an auto loan that was paid on time. And they had credit cards. And they didn't carry a lot of credit card debt. But because of the bankruptcy and the medical debt collections, their scores tanked. But it didn't paint an entirely accurate picture of the person and their ability to and their ability to repay which is why again credit scores only account for a third and then even then they don't really tell the whole story about you as a person and your ability to repay that's what the credit score is really showing how often are you going to be able to make your payments now this is the main takeaway underwriting is a balancing act there are positive attributes and negative attributes that are being considered there are plenty of examples and scenarios I can go over, however, I'll explain the majority of what usually happens. You're a person with a high credit score, you make about forty to $60,000 a year in income, you don't have established credit or credit cards, and your highest line is around 5000 and this is why it's always important to apply for increases. I don't care if you don't need it, however, higher credit limits always make you look better. It's just a simple fact. Plus, it helps out if you need to make a major purchase and you're worried about your large expense ruining your utilization. So always apply for credit line increases. I don't care who you are, especially if they're soft credit pools, take advantage of that because it doesn't hurt. Even if it does dip your score a little bit, it's only gonna affect your score for three to six months. And then after that, your score goes back up. And if anything, your score could actually get a major increase if you have revolving credit card debt and you get a credit line increase, your debt may still be the same, but because your credit line is higher, your utilization or ratio therefore goes down. The debt's still the same, but your overall credit changed. So always take advantage of credit line increases. The second person that I always see a lot in the world of underwriting is that you can have a low credit score due to collections or bankruptcy or medical debt. And usually that bankruptcy is anywhere from four to five years old already since the original filing or since your case was dismissed. And you make decent income and you reestablish credit by taking out smaller credit cards and you continued good credit behavior since the bankruptcy filing. You could get approved since the underwriter will see all those positive attributes. So that's another type of person. Or you have a high 780 credit score, but you're up to your neck in debt. And we're talking mortgage or you report that you pay a high rent. You have two car loans, maybe a personal loan. And when we check your bank statements, we see that you're living paycheck to paycheck. And this is also a scenario that I run into quite often, and it's not a difficult conversation, but I have to help the client come to reality a little bit, especially since they're in this notion that, oh, I'm at this credit score, so I should always be approved, when that's not the case. Regardless of high credit score or income level or tax bracket, you're going to get declined because of your high debt-to-income ratio. So if you're taking out a lot of loans, I would strongly suggest paying those off as quickly as possible especially since other factors of your credit score and your credit report are positive. If you have a lot of debt, work on paying down those debts as much as possible. And last but not least, and this is more common than anything, is people with 400 credit scores or lower. They have absolutely nothing positive on their credit report. And in most cases, it's just collections, no matter how small. If you have just collections on your report and no positive information like a secured card or a credit card, you're gonna be in the 400s and lower because there's nothing positive reporting about you. 
So one thing that you want to do is pay off those collections. I don't care how small the amount is. It looks better when you pay off a collection versus just letting it sit there, especially if you know that you owe the debt. Pay it off. And then once you pay it off, apply for your first secured card. And a secured card is essentially you going to the bank saying, hey, I want a credit card, but I'm using my own money. So your credit limit is determined by how much money you give the bank. Most banks have a starting limit of around $200 to $500. So you would basically give that to the bank, and the bank would give you a card based off of your own money, and that's how you start reporting good credit. Because the bank is not going to give you a credit card of their own. They want to see how you handle your own money first. So that's how that starts. Now, I know with paying off collections, they will still report on your, they will, or rather, they will remain on your credit report. And that is just what it is. Some collectors or creditors, they are nice enough to remove it for you if you ask nicely. But in most cases, they're not going to take off the collection off your report if you pay it off. However, what would look better? Someone that didn't pay back what they owe or someone that did? And you can ask yourself this. If the underwriter knew that you didn't pay back a couple hundred bucks, would you honestly and reasonably believe that you can get another loan for $1,000? The answer is no. Unless, and this is a huge unless, you have other positive factors about your credit that could sway them otherwise. So this is fairly a fairly quick episode about underwriting. This is just scratching the surface of the process and what we look at. Hopefully you learn some new terms um, like loan-to-value ratio or debt-to-income, and how underwriting basically encompasses all of these different factors and how your score plays a much smaller part than what we're led to believe in today's society, unfortunately. So this will conclude today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And again, this is a new mic, mic setup, so hopefully it sounds just a little bit clearer and it doesn't pop your headphones or speakers. (laughs) Uh, But without further ado, thank you so much and have a good day.